So I really want to watch an episode of Star Trek where a guy in a red shirt acknowledges that their ship is being boarded and quickly just like changes. He's just like, guys, like there's going to be a fight. There's going to be like a phaser uh, gunfight. We we can't be wearing this. And they're all going and they're all like, you know, maybe it's like a blue pullover, like a green pullover. Like the few veteran red shirts that have seen all of their uh, their comrades die just across the board. Kind of they pick up on what's going on, I take it. And then the Klingons or the Borg or whatever are just like, who do who do we kill? Who's expendable? <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's what th- Klingons and Borg sound like to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are we going to do, guys? We, we, we're clearly both long-term Star Trek fans. I'm thinking maybe they even put some, like, red replace the... Because uh, you always know they get boarded at the same place. It's like you think they... But in that spot where they know they're going to get boarded, they put some red light bulbs in. So the, the boys, they look at each other and like, oh, where are the red shirts? Um, but but we're not quite here to talk about Star Trek. We're here to talk about a different not? next generation. Oh, man. I, when you said the next generation, I thought we were going to talk about no, TNG. No, sorry, it is TNG, but we're here to talk about a, a different kind of next generation. We're here to talk about Scooby Dudes, the next generation. What would the next generation of co-hosts for our podcast be? Oh, Isn't that what we're okay. doing? I'm thinking someone with more hair. Evan, you've got plenty of hair. That doesn't bother me. I wouldn't know. Oh, you mean body hair because you don't have a ton of body sorry, hair? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me let me mm-hmm. specify. Someone with a lower hairline. Lower like if I'm laying on my back and <laughs> if it were to lower, it would go further towards the back of my head or and your maybe head. with a less prominent Adam's apple. Okay, fine, man. Fine. <laughs> I see what you're saying. You know what? I don't. This has made me uncomfortable. I no longer want to do that. Instead, can we do Scooby Scooby Do the Next Generation? Uh, you know what? That's about all. Those were the my main criticisms of your appearance. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, well, I guess I'm glad the list ends there. Well, but I, I, could, I could think of some more. <laughs> the list ends there for now. Let's keep it there. Do you remember back in high school when? I do remember from high school, but I don't remember what you're about to say. Okay, do, I don't know if you want to edit this out. You can obviously because you edit the podcast. Let's see. Let's see. Do you remember listeners? Bad... Listeners, if you hear a time jump, this was juicy. Do you remember how bad your room smelled in high school? No. <laughs> That's the most embarrassing thing I could have said. <laughs> said no, I didn't know. <laughs> Your room had such a distinct odor. I'm guessing it was because I always ate apples and I threw them in the trash and I never changed the trash, which is something I did in college as well to you when we were roommates. Um, was it that at least? I think it's just because. Don't say it was because of body odor. You were a teen boy with a lot of hormones. Dang it, no. I, uh, and, and, and I remember your room was so well lit. Like, there was so much, like, light coming in, like, natural sunlight. And it really just sort of, like, it was like a slow cooker of sorts. And it just really... <laughs> I imagine that instead of dust motes, it's, like, scent motes hanging in the, these beams of light. And I just re- I remember in high school being, like, when Luke and I... Our roommates in college is our room also gonna spoiler smell alert? Bad? Yes, it did, and it was my fault. Oh my gosh, we're the Scooby Dudes. We're two best friends. We're here to talk to you about my odor and our favorite meddling kids. Uh, as Luke mentioned, we are here. We're going to sort of do a little thought experiment as to, let's say, mm-hmm. Mystery Incorporated, as it currently exists. Fred, Velma, Daphne, Shaggy, Scooby, 
can't keep doing what they're doing, what is the next cohort? What is the next generation of Scooby-Doo? So I'm very excited for this conversation we're going to be having. I hope you are too. Let's get into it, buddy. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. Evan, if I may, I've got a lot of details on the different characters. I'd love to get your help and your input on it right off the bat. Can we get going? So uh, what you have in mind is a lot more concrete. As you mentioned, you have a lot more details. Mine is a little bit looser, but I think I have a strong concept. So I would Perfect. love to Perfect. I think this could be have. great. I tend to go at the characters <coughs> first and the episode and the concept second. So maybe we can even borrow some of these characters when we get to your concept. But let's go down the line. My, my thinking, first of all, is that the Mystery Inc. gang, as we know them, have retired. Um, it's peaceful, and I'm going to say, in my mind, it's also amicable. There's no, like, Scooby-Doo the movie inciting incident that causes a breakup. I think it's on good terms. Is that kind of also what you were imagining? Well, I guess it begs the question of, how many years later is it? Okay, fair question. I think my timeline there is maybe 10 to 15 years later. You know what? I'm going to say maybe even 20 years later. Okay, so if the gang the gang are middle-aged. The gang are young middle-aged, I'm going to say. In my mind, they were teen to start. They were like late teens to start. So I suppose, yeah, that does put them at their their late 30s now. Um, but let me let me take them character by character. What what happened to these characters? What did they go on to do? And then I from there, I'll, I'll tell you right now, each character is kind of going to foster their next generation like they're going fascinating to, they're gonna okay. run into right. them possibly you'll see what i mean when i say going but uh first of all shaggy and scooby in my mind they went back to coolsville when the gang split up um because that's their home that's shaggy's hometown and what they've been doing in the meantime is running a successful food vlog from home um that's oh interesting yep that's kind of allowed them to be based out of coolsville and they also get to travel to sample other foods so you're telling me that scooby has survived these 20 years yes scooby has survived these 20 years he has a little bit of gray face like he's got a little bit of dog white face but not nearly as much as he should have okay is there an, a canon explanation for this or is it just hand there is no it's completely hand waved i i think or like i haven't thought of anything for that just just it is what it is. Um, also, the name of the food vlog is either Dog vs. Food or Epic Chow Time. I haven't decided. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Scooby and Shaggy. They're, they're living, they're still together, they're still happy. Fred curates the Mystery Inc. Museum in Coolsville. Uh, we saw Velma doing that in the uh, Mysteries Incorporated TV show. Mm -hmm. I think it makes more sense for Fred to do that. Um... And he, uh, he doesn't have a lot of patrons, even though a lot of people try to visit, because he sets up a lot of traps in the museum because he wants people to see them in action. But that prevents visitors from seeing the museum. So he lives a somewhat solitary but passionate life. So, okay. So you're saying that the gang split and they're amicable, but it seems like neither of them... It seems like they're all living solitary lives so far. Well, I guess I guess they stay in loose touch is something I'm imagining happening over this. Like they write each other cards, they occasionally do video calls all together. They they do stay in loose touch, but they're not. And Fred and Scooby and Shaggy will like hang out occasionally because they're all in Coolsville, and everyone's hometown is Coolsville, so they're all there for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. 
But Fred's like, his passion is the Mystery Ink Museum, and at night sometimes he goes out and he sets traps around the city to like try out traps and to like catch criminals and stuff. Um, because that's, that's what he does. Daphne is someone I had a bit of fun with. I think she's already independently wealthy, so when the gang splits up, it's kind of hard for her to know what she wants to do. But let's, let's think about it. Daphne, she's classy, she's conventionally attractive, I think she's well put together. She decides, I want to go into acting. Uh, so she kind of takes her passion for acting and comedy. She gets a co-starring role in a sitcom about nothing with Jason Alexander, Jerry Seinfeld, and Michael Richards. And you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to line up. This is really fascinating to me, actually. Because if we're running on the idea that Scooby-Doo, where are you, started in the 60s or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think you can make that timeline fit where... With the show that I'm referencing? Yeah. I think you probably could. And for me, I just when I started to think of Daphne, independently wealthy, what's she going to do? Putting her in a Julia Louis-Dreyfus role or like kind of line really clicked for me. Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like... You're, I'm, you're getting a little bit even, into this? I'm like twice as more as much on board as Ooh, I was. Oh, thank you, man. With. All right, well, let me get to... Oh, you know what? One thing. Let me take one brief pause before I get to someone to say that I did search before we did this, uh, before we got into this, Scooby-Doo The Next Generation. And what I found was a lot of fan fiction that centers on Scooby-Doo The Next Generation. Can I take a pause and walk you through a couple of these fan fiction entries? Sure, yeah. No, 100%. Okay. And and for to our, for our listeners, if you go to ScoobyDudes.com, or if that is where you're listening to this episode, I'll provide Ooh. a few links to like these these little fan fictions and stuff if if you're interested. So you don't have to Google oh, it. Thank yourself. you, dude. And uh, this some of this uh, is not great. Some of it's not bad. This is a Deviant Art post Scooby Doo: The Next Generation. The story is 20 years after the original Mystery Inc. gang solved the case of the Werepire, they settled down to start families of their own. Scooby married an Afghan hound named Serena and had six puppies. Shaggy married Velma's little sister Madeline and had a daughter named Crystal. Fred and Daphne got married and had a daughter named Stella. And Velma married the gang's friend Eric Stauffer and had a son named Alan. And Eric Stauffer was a character from the uh, from the series. He was a character who made Scooby-Doo in the Cyber Chase video game, which is also the only Scooby-Doo video game I've ever played. Oh. Most of these next generation things involve a lot of people getting married. And, yeah, and, and it being their kids. Yeah, so like this other one has Fred and Daphne getting married. Ron, Ronnie Jones is their eldest son. Scooby-Doo Jr. is Scooby's son. Jeff Rogers is Shaggy and Mary Jane's son. Linda is the daughter of Velma and Patrick. Beats the heck out of me who Patrick is. Um, and then is one- that like Linda is definitely a play on like Linda Cardellini playing her on the, Ooh, in the movie. Oh, you know what? That definitely is it. Good catch. Um, and then there's one that uses pictures of Be Cool Scooby-Doo characters to denote the next generation of these people. And here's, here's the little synopsis. This is about the new Scooby gang, Rachel Blake, the sister of Daphne Blake, Frederick oh. Jones, the brother of Fred Jones, Vivian Dinkley, which is the sister of Velma Dinkley, <laughs> which they discover new mysterious things such as their sisters and brothers, and then the thing gets cut off. But basically, like, we didn't even give them new names. <laughs> Nor are they the next generation. By definition, they're the same generation. No, 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 no. They could be, you could have different generations in the same family. No, isn't a generation, by definition, like, th- these parents' kids, regardless of when you have them? No, because I think, I think that we're millennials right but my brother was born in 2001 
Is okay. I think uh, maybe there's two different. I'm guessing there's two different definitions of generation. One. Yes, you're right. To, one is like, oh, grandparents are one, parents yeah. are one, and kids. And another are one. one is just when you were born. Right. And in that, in either case, like the lines kind of blur, and it's uh, the distinction lose meaning, loses meaning. But uh, but yeah, so those are those are the um, existing pieces of Scooby Doo fan fiction, next generation stuff I found. The reason I set that up is because Velma, in my version, did indeed marry Eric Stauffer, creator of Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase. Are you serious? I'm serious. That I I kind of I latched on that and I liked it. I, oh, so you didn't come up with it? You actually I didn't just come up with that. that. I straight up borrowed that from a piece of Scooby Doo okay. fan fiction. Um, but I think it makes sense. I think Eric is a video game designer. He's nerdy. He's very organized. He's smart. He seems nice. Um, I like the idea of him and Velma together. Velma teaches forensic criminology at a uh, major university near Coolsville. Hmm. Neat. Um, and they both have a child. I think that's going to be um, something that happens there. So that's that's the existing gang. And that's kind of what's happened with them. And again, I'm going to have each of them... Ha- kind of come across or develop, nurture yeah. You've, you've been town. teasing that they, they serve as the mentors for this next gen. So my next set of characters is the next generation of characters who I've laid out and how they meet their pre, their kind of their mentor. Okay. Um, I'm sorry right. I've been talking so much, but can I talk you through these as well? Or unless yeah, you know, I mean like, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, so let's start out with New Scooby. New Scooby is half Great Dane, half Boxer. Um, she is Scooby's biological daughter. Um, her mother passed away during childbirth 15 years ago. Um, she, she now lives with Scooby and Shaggy in Coolsville. She likes food, friends, good jokes, and she's a coward of the highest order, so Scooby couldn't be more proud. What's her name? Her name is Booski Doo. <laughs> Better known as Boo or Booze. Booze. Booze is like the nickname. It's the Shagster. Um, but she's otherwise booski do. Very family friendly. <laughs> Very family. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I'm getting oh, empty sands. You're listening. She likes that one. <laughs> oh, she you does love like me. it. <laughs> she did a little heart thing. And now I realize it's not for what I was saying. It's just for me. That's nice. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, new Shaggy. I should talk about oh, in that same breath. He is a kind-hearted, under the bleachers flunky who happens to run into booski do. When Booski Doo is lost away from home, which is a plot point in the first episode, I think. Um, New Shaggy is also... No, 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 stop, stop, stop. Sorry. You said one breath, so you're done. You're right. Oh, shoot. Dude, can I get a second breath? Give me one more breath, man. Okay, okay, you got one more breath. (gasps) New Shaggy is also a coward of the highest order and a bit of adult. He shares Booski's limitless appetite and limited courage. New Shaggy's legal name is Shagster, but he prefers to go by Norville. Okay, wait. You mean to tell me that his name is Shagster? His, his legal name is Shagster, but Norville is his nickname. How, what, how? I'll admit New Shaggy is my worst. He's the, by far the one I got the least <laughs> love for, despite me loving that character. All right. I like this less. Please continue. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your honesty. New Fred is a smart, talented kid in need of direction. He meets old Fred while trying to jack the mystery machine's wheels. Um, well, old Fred is out in the town. Fred, see, Fred sees potential in this kid, and he takes him under his wing. He teaches him how to use his skills for good. Um, this new kid, he's like the new Fred. He's the, he's the driver uh, and the trap aficionado. He has some violent tendencies, but Fred is quite certain he can keep this kid safe. What's his name? His name is Chase. <laughs> oh, Chase? Chase? Ch- no, just Chase, because he's a driver. Okay. Chase M. Dodd. 
I'm, is his I'm full sorry, name. can you say that again? His full, his full name is Chase, middle initial M, Dodd is his last name. Chase M. Dodd. Chase M. Dodd. <laughs> Chase M. Dodd, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I like that because it ties in with Fred. It's got the mystery machine in there. What do you think? I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for him. You're concerned for I'm him? I'm concerned for him. I worry about him. Fred is going to look out for this guy. <laughs> By the way, Fred had another guy he did the same thing for in this story who it didn't work out well with. That kid abandoned him. What was his name? <laughs> his name? Actually, you know what? We never, we don't find out about that name, but let me talk to you. I'm so sorry to do this to you, but let me talk to you about New Daphne. Um, New Daphne is also a good kid going through a tough time. Daphne met New Daphne while visiting the circus and happened to witness the untimely death of New Daphne's family, um, whose trapeze act was cut tragically and literally short. Um, Daphne takes in this new orphan. She trains her to be a mystery solver, sitcom acting whiz, who is also a trained acrobat. And that kid's name? Gray Daughter. Excuse me? <laughs> her name is Gray Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so not not all of my characters are like necessarily brilliant. There there might be a gag character written in here, May, not necessarily this one. Are, are you serious about all of this? That this is actually all that I wrote. Yeah. Do you have a premise? Uh let me introduce one more two more characters and then and then I'll get the premise. I think the premise will be obvious. New Velma is straight up Velma and Eric's daughter. Her name is Phyllis. Why Phyllis? Because Velma thinks it's the coolest name I know. Well, besides Gertrude. Uh, she's every bit as brainy as Velma, but she's also very emotionally sensitive like Eric. Uh, so she is just an extremely emotionally intelligent and aware person who's also very smart. Um, and the last character. Now, Evan, I don't know if you thought of this, but I, of course, had to think whatever happened to our friend Vincent Van Gogh, who tragically died of old age humans only live so long and we can't pretend that's not the case in this series so we have to have vincent van Gogh die of old age we maybe see a flashback where he gets white face and he can't walk around or chew his food as well and so he has to get put down um unlike great dance that that is what it is but who's who's gonna be new vincent van Gogh? do you think evan flim flam you mean flint's flimsent flam ghoul <laughs> Yes, that's right. He takes over for Vince when the old man passes away. Flim Flam is now slightly more serious and way more magical. He is the one who tells the gang. Oh, is, is he hot? He's he's so freaking hot, man. He's played by oh, either like Pedro Pascal or like Antonio Banderas. I'm not sure. Why is he so much older? I, I, that's true, actually. He should be someone who's very young hot. I was, I was thinking uh, um, as... An old, like a grown-up flim flam being like Taylor Lautner or something. Taylor Lautner would make a lot of sense. Uh, who was I? Who was I thinking of from uh, from Star Wars? I should know this guy. Poe Dameron. Uh, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. You got it. I think Oscar Isaac would be a good pick because he's not too old, but he's like so over the top handsome, and I think he could play flim flam. Excuse me, flimsent flam ghouls devilish um, charm really well. Okay, so. Walk me through the first episode. So the first episode, Velma's the only person who already had her ward. Everyone else comes across their ward. I'm really open to changing any of the next generation, really. Okay, so here's um, the thing. Even though I feel like you've made a farce of this premise. <laughs> I did, I'm sorry. I will say I really like um, 
Chase M. M. Dodd. Dodd. <laughs> See, when I did Chase M. Dodd, I had to do a Dick Grayson, I felt like. I didn't have to, but I couldn't think of what to do with Daphne's next character. I actually really like the idea that someone's trying to jack the Mercer Machine's wheels, and, Fred, works, and Fred is like... See, in my mind, more of like um, uh, Clint Eastwood e age, or he's just like, I'm gonna, you're, I'm gonna arrest you, or like I'm gonna send you the trophy, and he's like, and then he sort of like sees something in him. Yeah. Very- oh, and by the by the way, Chase M. Dodd does this on uh, Fred's front lawn. Chase M. Dodd, by the way, is a Hmong native living in America, <laughs> and uh, and Fred, if for some reason, aged forty years further than everyone else. I do like the idea of like. A recalcitrant criminal. I don't know if that's the right. Yeah. No, I think you got it. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I like. Dang, I think nice. that's that's your strongest one, and I actually really like that idea. Okay, we'll save that and maybe let all the other ones fall to the wayside. But the way they come together is that Flimsent Flamgool, whose name I will never tire of saying, I've realized, <laughs> <laughs> comes to the gang and he basically says, "I've got this mystery that needs to be solved." Um, I, I need to lean on your guys' skills, but I see that you've all got happy lives here. I need your help getting a next generation going to help me. I'll even train them up for you. Uh, Velma's kid wants to do it. Fred's been looking for an opportunity. Chase M. Dodd is looking for something, so he wants it. Booski, uh, I think, I think Shaggy and Scooby really push Booski to be like, hey, you know what? You, I think you want this, and I think you can grow from this. And you, like, staying here with your dad's food vlog isn't enough for you. We want more for you like we had. And then if you choose this, you can choose this knowing you had another option. Um, so I, I think, basically, they all go on an adventure with Flimsent Flamgool. Well, the previous generation maybe supports from a distance or, like, kind of is there on the phone to be like, hey, I believe in you or whatever. That's, that's it, basically. And in that first oh. episode, it's a lot of, like, them meeting these kids or, like, establishing when they met these kids. So I, I have a few questions to just try to help solidify things. Mm, um, yeah. So when Flim sent Flam Ghoul, it Thank brings you. them together. Is is this for what kind of mystery is it? Well, thirteen ghosts at like ghosts escape from a chest makes a lot of sense because you can go back there. I kind of want it to be lower stakes so that if there's a reason why we're not calling the old gang back into action, just um, bogle and weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of a way to make it a slightly lower stakes 13 ghosts. Or something that it makes sense for the kids to go off on, but the parents not to stay. Or I guess you could just say, the parents are retired. They're not going to do it. It's time for the kids to take over. So the reason I find that really interesting is because I think that you've always viewed Scooby-Doo as being this... Uh, what are you... Have you called it, like, humanist? Or is that inaccurate? You, you There's... Oh, um... I, I think I use some form of the word reason or like reason evidence support. I don't know. It's not atheist necessarily, but uh, no, definitely not. No, like but I, just this idea that like reason and logic yeah, like sort of like that, can help debunk things that are important to my atheism, but that aren't don't aren't necessarily representing atheism within the show. Um, so I apologize. You're right. Um, but yeah, th- there is some some form of that or like demystifying fear. I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'll cut in whatever I said so long ago here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think it's really interesting that you're sort of going with this whole, like, oh, they're, like, tracking down real ghosts or not. Because I think that this whole, like, I think that changes them from mystery solvers to... You're right. They're mystery chase or, like, they're supernatural warriors of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know what? 
I, I love it when you give me these these thoughts on the fly because we can go interesting places. Flimsent Flam Ghoul tells everyone basically, you know what, actually Vincent Van Ghoul was a scam artist. Magic isn't real. He was just pulling the wool over your guys' eyes the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, we need to go back and right all these wrongs that Vincent Van Ghoul put into the world. Like all these, we need to go, he set up all these scam monster oh. things, like all these things. For you guys, when you were exploring mysteries, we need to go undo that now. See, that's good. That's, I, I never would have gotten there if you didn't point out the flaw in my initial thing. I think that's really excellent, this whole, like, we need to... Unf oh, I mean, I feel bad that the best comparison I can make is, like, Ocean's 12, Ugh. where, like, we need to go and, like, undo this thing that was done. But I would say the thing we're undoing isn't anything that the gang... Maybe there's a little bit of the gang, but we don't... I don't want to completely sully their history. It's more... I'm kind of going to sully Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Just no, no, no. I think it makes sense where he's just like, I, I made you believe that, like, there were 13 ghosts. I made you believe that there were, like, all of these, like, actual monsters. Uh, but no, I actually was just trying to, like, scam people. Yeah. And and Flim, Flimsent Flam Ghoul is like, you know what? I, I see what he was trying to do. He was trying to do right in his own way as a vigilante. And he raised me as kind of his ward to do the same, but I'm going to be a different kind of vigilante now from my my cave place where I uh, am based. He's also Batman. Everyone's Batman in my story, man. I just, I love blatant cribbing. Yeah, I do. I, clearly um, I do. There's, you just, I think you have some real, a really good skeleton. Thank you. I, I like some, as with almost all of my concepts, I like a couple of notes and I feel like we could go somewhere good from here. But it's very, very unfinished and very just parts of a skeleton. Kind of like a dinosaur skeleton. We'd have to find bones from miles away to construct something out of this. But I think you have probably a more complete concept, and I'm dying to hear that. Okay, so I, I do really like mine. Um, but it is looser. And I will say, even though I don't have as many sticky details, those sticky details, unlike yours, are not bad. So... <laughs> They're not as hit or miss. You know what? That's not bad. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh... I actually, at, while I was listening to you, I was like, oh, what, ha what happened to my Mystery Incorporated? And this seems a little bit cheap and, like, creatively lazy. But in my show, Mystery Incorporated has vanished. Not, not necessarily lazy. In my mind, that's, um, that's doing the lost thing of we're creating a mystery and we're you're right. we're gonna have to trust you that there's gonna be a payoff for that. So that's kind of a satisfying exactly. Payoff. So that's that's kind of like taking on a big debt. I think like you got to be ready to pay that back. And, and this is this is um, sort of taking a page from your book when we were doing those fan casts. Could we do fan casts way back in the day? I mm. I'm trying to think of like what is Mystery Incorporated now? Um, I think like canonically, canonically. Um, straight, uh, white, etc. You know, like, if, if we're gonna do a, a new generation, literally, of, of Scooby-Doo, like, for a new era, for a new audience, we maybe want to play with that a little bit. Absolutely, and I, I regret I didn't say that. I wanted to make my cast more diverse than other people's were, but that wasn't really something I guess I built in. Which, which I think is a problem that a lot of these other, um, fan fictions and, and whatnot have come up with, is that, like, if you have them all be the kids of this white cast and the kids are all white. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, so, and when I say I go back to your fan cast, uh, you had um, John Hamm as Fred and uh, Charlene Yee, I think is 
uh, Velma. Velma, and it there, and there was like yeah. a pretty broad like age range in your. Yes, I'd say that's at this point that's kind of my brand of fan casting is I like seeing broad age ranges together. So I, w- I was hoping, I was hoping to have an older character because to me, to me, Mister Incorporated has vanished, but they would all have vanished in their forties. Okay, were they still in the game when they vanished? Did they vanish on the job? I want to say yes. I want to say that they were all still actively like trying to find mysteries, trying to solve them, and and they sort of, uh, and and they had garnered a reputation of sorts for themselves. So this idea that like oh, Mystery Incorporated is gone, it like made national headlines. Where just like where did they go? Like what mm. happened? Because they've sort of been trekking all over the world, even. Gotcha. So this this next generation, I presume, is going to be stepping up to fill a need. Right. And, and to me, they don't. Um, to me, they don't. They don't quit. To me, it's not in their nature to be like, oh, like let's get real jobs. They kind of like yeah. they really just fall into things. And there are these moments where like one of them is like, oh, maybe we should go back and live normal lives. And they each kind of prop each other up. They just support each other. They're like, no, this is what we're doing. This is what we're good at. Um, I think you've you've you're fixing. Th- there's a lot that needs to be worked out when you say someone just disappeared, but it fixes the biggest problem with mine, which is that why did they stop doing the mysteries? Right. Hmm. Because I think even though you said you wanted them to all be like amicable and on good terms, I think well, I think an easy way to say that they stopped doing it is because there was a rift. Yeah. I think another possible example would be if any of them i think any of them marrying and having a kid would also be like okay well i can't keep solving mysteries if i'm a parent you know what we don't gonna cut back to mine for just a moment we don't find out initially why they quit but when velma's daughter keeps at phyllis keeps asking velma why velma eventually tells her we found out that vincent van gool had set everything up and it was all fake and we uh Oh, okay. We needed to stop. All right. Like we realized, the only real mysteries were right at the beginning. Or there, there's like something about how there were real mysteries in there, but we realized Vincent was there's there's something with that maybe that fixes it. But with yours making it, they just disappeared. Kind of elides that whole issue really neatly. So I I wanted there to be this this range of ages, um, and so I think uh, I wanted there to be an older character. Um, and I'm just trying to think of who was sort of like in their cohort. And I guess that character that Velma ended up marrying in that one fat fanfiction and in yours would work. Oh, that's Eric Eric Stauffer, I think. Okay, so I think Eric Stauffer plays a sort of like he's in like his late forties, early fifties. He's a computer guy. So so he's sort of like, I, I wanna find my friends. And so he he like runs he he's a tech guy he runs this forum he's he's the one who's able to sort of like bring this group together, so um and I was trying to think about like this is you know this is a new whatever I, what I don't want to be like really hokey and just be like oh new generation this one of these um, characters classic millennial always on social media just like <laughs> so you got your avocado toast character yeah. you got your gig economy character a Bitcoin purveyor. What I wanted was I wanted there to be a character, uh, let's say, younger, because I want it to still be next generation. I think that there should be across the board more teens, more like young people, um, who's really into the occult. 
that's their focus they're just really like they know a lot about the occult they just know a lot about like oh werewolves don't like silver vampires can't cross running water they just so like, she's like early velma when, when back when velma was like wait a minute ghosts can't do blah 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 <laughs> right right <laughs> so so a velma type character but the focus is different yeah like that's her passion i really like that and that fits so well with like why is this person on this forum why are they pursuing these mysteries and then, and then conversely, and I guess another female character, because whatever, um, I wanted one of the characters to be, and, and look, I, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to be very upfront, I can't take credit for this. Um, okay. I was talking to my girlfriend Megan about this last night, and she came up with this. This person is the daughter of one of the villains that Mystery Incorporated ooh, unmasked. Ooh, 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 so good, man. Oh, that's good. So just that like, um... good. Uh, what was it? She was something Car- Car- well, Carl's well, as incorrectly stated in Mystery Inc. So there was she's... a fake villain's daughter in that episode we just watched, yeah. But this is like an actual villain's daughter, and so she knows, she knows about like, oh, well, you know what? If you have a series of smoke, mirrors, and projectors, you can make yeah. as if you're like, <laughs> fl- you know, like flying around. That's her thing. Dude, yours is so good, because this is, that's a really great way of acknowledging the past, and building on it. That ups the ante beautifully. Uh, here's the question I have for that character. Is she, what does she think about, is she disowned her parent? Or is she like kind of a little bit like, you know what, I still, like I want to find the gang to like make like make them pay to some degree or? I, I think that, I think that there's this, this whole like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to fall into the same mistakes that my a t- father it's almost always men fell into yeah. by by doing this but at the same time i feel like he was unfairly treated and I, I think it's going to be this whole thing like maybe her motives for finding the gang don't align with everyone else's or maybe they're more like hers is one of those her parent is one of those villains who was like i i just dressed up in an outfit and like stood on a building a few times this isn't fair um and she's like, you know, he didn't deserve to go to jail for 50 years and then die there, shivved by his roommate. He, cellmate, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is a room. A cell is a room. Yeah, it's still technically a room. Uh, I like that a lot. So we've got our occult-obsessed person. We've got our our daughter of Creeper or the like. Uh, I need, I want there to be like a, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I think it's important that, uh, the ethnicity of these characters is very like malleable like what i I, basically i just want it to be diverse i just i don't want to like lock anything down i want one of the characters to be like a like a like a bro okay where it's just kind of like always going to the gym pumping iron doing like two days three days just like really obsessed with their appearance yeah instead of fred jones it's frat jones basically yes but then i want to play with the idea of like oh maybe they're really the cowardly one okay i did oh dude a ripped to heck coward. Yeah, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. That's an ultra, but that works. Let's bring and that. By the out. way, I am making this up as I go along. I like the way you do this so much better because it's more of a conversation. I need to do it more like that. Um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Here's another right. Another person from old episodes. What about like a mounty or a sheriff from an old episode who's now coming back? Like he. He didn't help the gang, and he accused the gang, and they were right, and he ultimately stood in their way, but they succeeded, and now he wants to, he feels bad, and he's like, ugh, I need to make right. 
He's the Clint Eastwood type who's like old, retired, but he like... Oh, so he's even older. He is yeah, old. Because yeah. that... he was a cop when the gang was around. Oh, that is a good idea. He's like Matthew McConaughey in True Detective. But, okay. uh, oh, you're, you're drawing from older, like, episodes to, like, find these characters is a brilliant concept. And, and I do, like, I think that there needs to be a character that is more explicitly vegan. Just, like, they're vegan. They, they still eat a lot. Um... Yeah, a ravenous vegan. I look. I don't mind if my mystery incorporated is more women than men either, or just like non-binary. Like it doesn't matter. Here's here's the general premise that I'm yeah. working with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lay it on me. Okay. And this is where I think it feels kind of like. Do you remember Extreme Ghostbusters? That's exact. I that was one of the thoughts I had when coming up with these uh, these characters. I didn't really draw from it much, but uh, I do remember. Because Extreme Ghostbusters has like Egon Spengler of the original Ghostbusters. He's mm. sort of like mentoring like this group of like. Just like a, a black kid, a Latino guy, a goth girl, Dude in wheelchair. and yeah, and like a physically disabled guy. Um, great show. Great show. So, and, and I think I think I, un, inadvertently, am cribbing from it because here's the thing. To me, because I'm I'm playing a little bit more real life. Scooby Doo could not have survived, the 20, 30 years. Right, like dogs. I don't. I don't know what a long lifespan is for a dog, but your show is already way more realistic than mine. So you kind of need to acknowledge that. Yeah. My thing is that Scooby Doo has died. Obviously, makes sense. Scooby Doo's ghost <laughs> is around. He, the, but Scooby Doo's ghost didn't stick with the gang. Well, I think or that's... he doesn't know that they how they disappeared. Exactly. Hmm. Has he stuck with Eric? Is that the... I think that Scooby-Doo's ghost has just been wandering and just, like, eating people's food. See, Scooby-Doo's ghost is kind of Slimer, is, is <laughs> the whole thing. Because Slimer also eats a lot of food. Slimer is a dead Scooby-Doo. That's always been the case. <laughs> okay, maybe not that. Slimer's but... so, like, corpulent and grotesque. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. So, Scooby is also trying to find... Scooby's also trying to find the gang. Scooby also wants to find the gang. Here's the thing. Here is... Here's sort of, like, the... The after the overarching mystery or whatever, and maybe there are more, here's a general elevator pitch for the show, okay? And this is what I think is really unique. And and I don't know if it'll work, but I'm right. really interested to see. I love ambition. Depending on the episode, the, the villain or the ghost or the ghoul or the monster is either a person in a costume or a real ghost. Yes, yes, yes. That's like back when Law & Order episodes sometimes ended with getting the bad guy, and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes the bad guy got away because the way the system works. And that made every episode so fascinating because the stakes were real. You're like, I don't know if they're really going to get this guy or not. Here, similarly, you're paying way more attention because you don't know if it's a uh-huh. real monster or not. And that's why you have these experts where this girl's like, oh, no, like I know latex masks. Like There's no way. Dude, my hat's off to you for this Thank one. Thank you. That is a brilliant, brilliant turn. I love it. And I think yeah, it also it, it also like creates this whole idea where it's just like, well, was the gang were they actually mysteriously supernaturally uh like abducted or taken away? Or because they were putting criminals away, have criminals like taken revenge on them? Mm. And I think they're exploring it from both angles. Like there's definitely the mob is kind of like a a force mm-hmm. in this, but there's also like an occult force kind of. There's oh that's good. I can already see the beats kind of coalescing, like 
uh, girl who's into the occult is the one who runs into Scooby because she's the one who's doing the scrying and stuff. And then she mm, exactly. goes from there to the blog and the cop is looking at the blog like just, I, I mean, it's making a forum is kind of a shortcut to get people connected. But it works, especially as a beginning episode. And and I like the idea that Scooby, even though he's a ghost, is still scared of things and of himself because he's a ghost. Oh yeah. Anytime he sees himself in the mirror. Yeah, because I think yeah, I Scooby. I don't. I didn't want to replace Scooby with like a different dog necessarily. I think that's still kind of important. Here's here's a question that we don't need to address, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Does Scooby see other ghosts? Does like at one point do we see things from Scooby's perspective, and it's just like. A, 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 bacchal, a bacchanal of uh, Lovecraftian horrors just all around him, like dripping walls and eyes and teeth everywhere? Uh, first of all, no. No. Okay. But yeah. I, I like the idea that Scooby is so cowardly that he's scared by both real ghosts and men in masks. So they can't yeah. they can't use Scooby as like a ghost detective to be like, Scoob, tell us he's, if this is like a real supernatural he's thing. He's equally scared. He can't tell. Right, exactly. Mm. That makes sense. Plus, they've got the occult girls, so they wouldn't need Scooby for that anyway. But yeah, I'd, to me, it's it's just like this whole, like, it's it's part just like Sherlock detective work, where it's just like, we need to find uh, these, we're, we need to find the clues, we need to find out what it is, and then 50%, um, I don't know, like Bram Stoker's Dracula or something, or, or sorry, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it's just like, because there's still... There's still uh, a certain level, both require investigation, but the way that the clues are used are different in each one. And I just love the idea where it's just like, in this cold open, it's like, ooh, is this swamp monster a guy? Like a real guy? Or is it a real swamp monster? Yeah, no, it's a swamp monster. Somebody just threw an old broken zipper in the swamp and it got stuck to that guy's back. That was just a, a red herring. Oh my goodness, that'd be so amazing, actually. <laughs> Because it's just pollution. The mo- the monster came about because they're polluting the lake. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or or it's just like, and then there are all these red herrings, and it's like, oh, are you like actually a man who's like putting on like a a glow in the dark deep sea diver suit, or are you mm-hmm. a man who has, for his own nefarious purposes, summoned the ghost of a deep of a dead deep sea diver? Ah, yeah. Because people, I think, in some cases, mm. people are still going to be guilty and like put in jail or whatever oh yeah there's got to be some aspect of that every episode i love that i love that concept and i take it there's we're definitely doing an overarching mystery exploration mystery incorporated feels like a a worthwhile parallel to make because we're going to be piecemeal exploring the mystery as we go of what happened to the original gang exactly we do still need to find out what happened to the four of them What's one the one thing I want to hear about now a little bit is what's the gang dynamic? Okay. How do these guys get along? Because they're all strangers, so we don't have something established. <sighs> um, and we've got rather uh, a prickly bunch of uh, rough personalities, with the exception of Scooby. Right. I, well, I think that Scooby needs to be the heart and soul of the gang. Mm. I think it needs to be that there's a little bit of contention, you know. It's and and my vegan is not a militant vegan. Yeah. Because the lazy, lazy trope. But I like the. But maybe one of the other members of the gang, um, at least initially, is kind of like poking, poking, you know, like poking the bear, or just like they're on a paleo diet or something like that. Right. Exactly. And yeah. So you know, I th- I think that things are like you said, prickly. Like dynamics are a little bit. Um, not everything is copacetic, but Scooby the ghost is just kind of like the one who's like guys you know we need to come together and they're just like us scoob like we love you like 
even even right off the bat, even though they don't know Scooby very well, they just can't. He's just too endearing. He's too endearing for them to. Uh, They've kind of got the the responsibility of the Mystery Incorporated mantle and Scooby as the heart to like drive them forward as an immediate kind of like we need to do this and right. we want to be together. Mm-hmm. Which is the want to be together is the part that for me is the beating heart of a show that draws me into it time and time again. Yeah. Thank you. I like I genuinely winner. think it would be winner, winner. it would be the writing would be a lot more difficult. Cuz again, you need this balance of like keeping people guessing, not making it too obvious having people like the characters. Um, But I just think you really... I think it takes respecting your audience to an entirely new level. Yeah, I think you're you're doing some of the stuff that I wish we saw done in Mystery Incorporated, which I'm sorry to keep bringing that up, but it's... I think you're right in that it respects the audience's intelligence. So, I like, again, my characters are a lot more nebulous than yours, but I think I would take the time to write mine up a little bit more. Like, I don't know if this is a project that I want... Yeah, I... I would like to put more time into this. I think yours is worth more time. The, really, the only one that I want, mine has just become a series. In my mind, as we talked about more about yours, and I realize mine has no edges up on it, mine is only a series about Fred and Chase M. Dodd. It's just the two of them. Well, I had considered I had considered one of the new members of the gang being someone who had met... Oh, sorry, okay. So I think the fourth member... Has oh to yeah, be we do need another member. Yeah, a diehard mystery incorporated fan, like a fanboy or fangirl. Uh, somebody, because that's right. We know have somebody who knows the occult. We have somebody who knows literal detective work. We have an actual uh, a detective. Um, we've got a vegan who I think is like a food expert, functionally. We need that mystery incorporated expert. Someone who's just like, well, actually, <laughs> and and also, and here's here's a fun dynamic. Since they know so much about Mister um, Incorporated's uh, history and like the people that they've put behind bars, they actually know more about this person's. It it feels like they both know the the girl or guy or whatever whose father was a villain. They both know different things about this one person. Oh, yeah, they both have a diff- That's a great kind of friction that will result in closeness. Because, like, we have different opinions on the Mystery Machine right. and your- Mystery ga- Inc. gang and your father. I idolize the gang, you idolize maybe the criminals or, like, you give them a pass more than I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so much of this, like, ev- almost every part that you've built into this is reconciling the show that we have watched with the world we live in today. And that's something yeah. that any show needs to do, but you're doing it intentionally in a way that makes a lot of sense. And I like I think there's so much thematically that you could because this person has like this sl- sl- slavish obsession with like all things mystery incorporated, and I think it's so hard as any kind of person regardless of your like personal beliefs to have those beliefs debunked. Yeah, to be open so, to changing something that's a part of yourself. So so if it's just like, um, oh yeah, like I, these are the things that I know about like Shaggy Rogers, and then it being like, well, actually, you know, like Shaggy is a vegan, and then just being like, no, that doesn't jive with like anything that I know or like anything that I understand. I've I've hosted like Norville Rogers parties or, or the reverse, like, had, like no, Shaggy's a vegan. Like he, we've seen him eat meat like several times, like on screen, or like there's picture. Here's a picture of him eating like a steak. No, like, he was a flexitarian and a freegan more than a vegan. Like, it's... I, the idea that, um, I don't know, like, don't meet your heroes, or just, like... 
M E A T. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, but yeah, that demystifying or like yeah, being bringing it into the modern day. Yeah, that's that's my that's what I think. To me, that is my dream next generation Scooby Doo, the next generation. We've done a lot of like, what's our pitch for a new Scooby Doo show? Um, writers room kind of prompts, but I think we've got some of the strongest stuff here just by trying to look at further ahead than we have before. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worthwhile to say that when one thing ends, the next thing isn't the end. Like, there's always an opportunity to start something new. Sorry, there's a woman walking down the street with a Ryan Reynolds cutout. Just regular old Ryan Reynolds or uh, Ryan Reynolds in, a, he's in, in a suit. Maybe he's from uh, from a red carpet or something. Just from the waist up. Must be. Just a waist up yeah. cutout. It's the least interesting part of Ryan Reynolds. It is. It is like um. Uh, what is it? Full size, I guess. Well, I guess half size. Yeah, but it's like size? it's proportional oh, to I guess his actual okay measurements. Anyway, hey, uh, thank you for listening to this. I these are some of my yeah. favorite episodes to to do. So the same here. I love these. I despite the fact that I'm shown up every time, I still love it. It's still a lot of fun. You also always have really you also always have really good like conversation ideas where like there's a lot we can build out of it. And that's so much of the fun is fleshing out these concepts. This has kind of been an episode about like the next generation or like what could possibly come next in Scooby-Doo. Like and and I think um that works on another level because we're about to talk about what comes next for this podcast or for the two of us specifically. Yeah. What comes next for the Scooby dudes? Because there is a change on the horizon for us as well. Not an ending, I wouldn't say per per se, but a change. Um, so this this episode um, marks a little bit of a hiatus that we're going to be going on for the rest of the year. I do want to say that there will be more Scooby dudes content before 2018 comes to a close. Uh, there's a, a really exciting... Yep project that that's on the horizon um in all likelihood well actually yes not in all likelihood it will be out next month that will get there's only the other month left in 2018 yeah um so yes you will have more 2018 scooby dudes content and i'm gonna go on a limb and say 2019 will not be scooby dudes less that's again we're going on a hiatus here but we're gonna have more content for you um and we don't intend to stop Scooby-Doo entirely. I mean, like, it seems weird for someone to listen to this and be like, oh, well, I got to unsubscribe now. Yeah. If that was what you were thinking, don't do that. We're, we're going to keep doing this. We're just, uh, we just have to sort of go back to the drawing board for a few things. And Luke and I are going to be continuing to podcast in 2019, I think is important to know. Yes. We're going to, it's going to be ongoing work. I think we both still love Scooby-Doo and each other. And we love you listeners. We don't want to stop talking to you guys every week. Just like these episodes we just talked out, the next generation is going to be exciting. It's going to be amazing. Just stick with us, don't unsubscribe, and stay tuned for more exciting news. And I'm going to start with this just because I think it's really important. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the people who I think the people who donate to us on Patreon might be a little... Um, might be taken by surprise by this a little bit. Yeah, and, and I've, I've in some of our posts that I've been putting out, I've, I've sort of hinted at this. Um, I, we know that there's a lot of content that has been promised. Uh, and we are going to come through on that. I know that uh, some of it is Luke's, some of it is mine. Um, and before the year is up, it's all going to be... It's all going to go up. You will be made whole if you're a Patreon uh, a subscriber to us. And Evan's kind to take some of the responsibility on him. 
I'm ready to tell you listeners, it's largely me and mixing and stuff that I have to do. But we are, we are going to get you guys that stuff because your support has meant the world to us. And uh, I don't want to go too far on a limb, but when the podcast does go on hiatus, we aren't going to accept more donations for... Yeah, I'm going to find a way to turn it off for December. At, yeah, at or really just not take any money from people for that month. Um, anyway, uh, so for all of our patrons, uh, if you donate yeah. to us on Patreon, that's it's kind of weird to say, like, you should definitely do this, but we just want to use this time. Say all of their names right here. Because these people oh, really yeah. need to keep this podcast going, and it's not going off air per se. You can still find it online. We're not going to shut everything down. Um, so thank you to these people for making that possible. This is we're sort of going in reverse order. Yeah, we kind of are. No big deal. Yeah. If, if you liked what we've been doing these past, we've been doing this since March of 2017, mm-hmm. which is an incredibly long time, honestly. It's really impressive. High five to us. Is it? It, it is 2017, right? Yeah, it was. It's over a year we've been doing this. About a year and a half. Um, if you like what we've been doing, and I guess yeah, just let us know on iTunes. Just leave us a five star review. Like if you if you've liked everything that we've done up to this point, um, this again, this show continues to be around. I think there's a pretty sizable backlog. Leave us a review, uh, and I will read it. And uh, somehow. <laughs> Evan will read it on air. Where on air? You'll have to find out. You'll have to stick with us, really, because whatever we do next, we want to get it to you. But please do leave us leave Scooby Dudes a five star review on iTunes. The podcast isn't disappearing, so it's always good to direct people to something you enjoyed. Uh, and I'm just gonna run through this quickly myself, um, because I have a lot ready to schedule. Okay. Um, I know. I know that I've been a little. Um, I've sort of been negligent of my social media duties. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. Go to twitter.com or at the Scooby Dudes. Um, shoot us an email at Scooby Dudes Podcast at gmail.com. We have a few emails to respond to. Uh, all of that is going to be, I'm going to try to keep stuff on there through to the end of this year. Um, and, and I enjoy it. And I just need to, I just need to find the time. I want to say really quick, your camera, like your screen just flashed bright red with some sort of shape in it. I felt like I was getting like subconsciously trained for a moment. Like I was getting like, you know what I mean? Like subliminal messaging. I felt like your your webcam just threw subliminal messaging at me for a second. I'm sorry. It was just oh, and not like a terrifying supernatural like demonic moment. Maybe which that, is what I thought I, when I, you described that. I assume that. advertising first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, advertising demons, sure. Yeah, demons, hey, demons got to get the word out too. Everybody needs the buzz. Uh, I apologize. Excuse me. Does uh, anybody ever refer to Beelzebub as the buzz? The buzz? <laughs> I don't think it's very ap- appropriate actually. I, I think in hell when you want to get that haircut, you ask for the buzz. Give me the buzz cut. Do you think his favorite Toy Story character is Buzz Lightyear? That maybe he has a Beelzebub Lightyear? I think it's definitely Stinky Pete. <laughs> Who is Stinky Pete? He's from Toy Story 2. He's the prospector with oh, the pickaxe. Oh, that's right. He's a really scary dude. I just think that... I mean, the, the other... The other layer of that is... The devil has all of these like weird nicknames. You know, like Old Nick... Old Nick, Stinky Pete, I feel like, occupy a similar space. It's old Nick, the devil is really close to Santa in so many regards. Like, Old Nick, Old St. Nick's, Santa, Satan. <laughs> it's, this is, this. Wake uh, up, sheeple. <laughs> that sheeple, you really hit the pole. Sheeple. Oh, man. Anyways, that's, 
iTunes, that's our uh, that's our Patreon. Our website is ScoobyDudes.com. You can still visit there again if you want to read some of the fan fiction we referenced in this episode. Go to ScoobyDudes.com. And I actually, in in the downtime that we have, I'm gonna try and go back and um, spruce up the website. I'm really proud of it. I have been the only person working on it since March of 2017. You sure have, and it looks amazing, um, even as it is right now. If you have any feedback on how I could improve it, please let us know again at all these places, Twitter, Facebook, email. Um, there will be, as I mentioned, some links uh, to this episode when you go to that website, scoobydudes.com. Facebook, we're Scooby Dudes. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email for some of that feedback we've been asking for, did you already say that? Just already oh, I'm sorry, I missed I those two. I was trying to think of something. Or I guess, I, I think that subliminal messaging, it, it wiped something in me. I don't know. Uh, so when, when you were staring blank-faced right at the webcam, <laughs> yeah. it's just, huh, in, in, inside, just zooming in on Luke's conscious. Funny thing. Funny what? thing. Say funny. Make, make laugh. I need to reverse engineer this. Evan goes, ha, ha, ha. What did Luke say to make him do that? <laughs> remember back when i used to laugh like that and you had to teach me to do otherwise <laughs> that's so funny evan wait did you ever laugh like that no i didn't probably are you sure i don't know well i know the way i laugh now isn't how i always laughed i didn't always do the <laughs> and i don't i don't know when i learned to do that i definitely have different laughs and i think i have more of like a showman's laugh do you know what i mean Instead you of... do but it's not like i love someone with a showman's laugh because as someone who wants to be laughed at like you it's a gr- it's great i do i do that laugh in the lunchroom in my office sometimes and i'm just like Am I trying to make people at other tables jealous of the table where I'm sitting? <laughs> but as someone who's at that table, that's not a bad thing. You're like, yeah, make them jealous. Do it. And in my mind, that's just one step below the best laugh in the world, which is a Giannetti laugh. Oh, wow. Um, and Giannetti, if you're listening to Why this... Why haven't you left us a review, you scumbag? Mother... Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah, that kind of laugh where it's like a shout, like, like a beacon, like, Funny! <laughs> Something's funny! That's what oh, I imagine man. it as. Anyway, uh, next Monday there will not be a new episode of Scooby Dudes. But we will have announcements for you very soon, so stay tuned. Again, before the year is up, we're going to keep making stuff, uh, and it will be Scooby Doo related, and I personally think it's going to be very good. Yeah. And if I can say this to all our listeners, we love you, we love your attention, we love doing this for you. The more feedback you give us, the better we can know what it is you want and need. And we're going to keep doing stuff. It's not going to stop. Th- thank you so much. And, and to our patron subscribers, um, thank you. And please rest assured, we're going to come through on the things that we promised. Patron subscribers, secretly, we're going to give you the thanks that we've given to the other people. Like our non-patron subscribers, you have their thanks too. Like theirs is, we showed them the thanks, but we give it to you. You're going to edit this so that there's a cut. It's gonna, we're just going to be like, this is going to hey, be, hey, this hey, is only the patrons who, are going to hear people this. People who don't subscribe, this episode is over. Yeah, yeah, this episode is over. Stop listening right now. Okay, just as long as you retroactively. Yeah, I'll, I'll retroactively right, do just, that for sure. Okay. One cool, thing cool, I want to cool, say cool, cool, cool. that <laughs> I'm sorry to do this right after what should have been our final bit, but the people who never, we never met who listened to this podcast, but who've gotten enjoyment out of it. I think those are some of the most special listens to me, to know that we've like been almost in conversation with people who will never otherwise know, I hope. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I am very grateful to all of my friends and family mm-hmm. who listen to this. 
podcast, but I know for a fact that episodes of ours get up to 150 listens. And we I don't know have that much that... friends and family that are listening to this podcast. I mean, I do. Okay. Okay. Man. Oh wait. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I have I have that ma- many friends and family, but like a hundred percent, they're not like supporting this podcast like you have. Look, the fact that we've been able to create content and like make jokes that people we've never actually interacted with or seen is so cool yeah i think it has less to do with you and me and more to do with our listeners and i think that that connection is a two-way street and i'm really grateful for it it means a lot and i don't want to squander that so we're gonna keep giving you guys that love in some form or another how weird was that a thing to say at the very end it made me think that you were going to mail them things that you should be mailing them. them. Like Jared Leto on the set of Suicide <laughs> Squad. <laughs> oh man, that is that is about the most evocative person who mails things thing you could say. Yeah. I, I hear that those pipe bombs that just went to Democrats were also... <laughs> they just got lost in the mail from Jared Leto. And, and just, Jared Leto it took a long time squad. to get where they were going, but they were just part of him getting into character. Oh man. Deep okay, cut. we're let's this stop podcast there, yeah. is over.